Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. U.S. stock index futures are higher as investors await data that may show hiring picked up pace last month. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up four points. Dow E-mini futures up 37. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 17. DAX in Germany is up 1.1%. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 1.83%. NYMEX crude oil up 8 tenths percent or 28 cents. COMEX gold is up 6 tenths percent or $7.70. The euro, $1.0971. The yen, 113.72. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Kai Masco, thank you very much. The Bloomberg NJIT STEM report is brought to you by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. I just lost my place here. I'll be right back with you. <laughs> we are brought to you by NJIT, partnering with government and industry to apply the university's world-class research assets to innovate and spur economic growth. Learn more at njit.edu. Bob Moon, I need I need an electronic version of that <laughs> billboard so I don't mess up like I just did. Okay, good morning, Michael. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Facebook will pay millions more in taxes starting next year all because of where it sends the bills out for the advertising it sells in the United Kingdom. The social network has decided to stop routing advertising sales of its largest U.K. clients through Ireland, which effectively increases its tax bill by millions of pounds. It's a bid by Facebook to improve transparency and fend off criticism over tax avoidance. Smaller business sales where advertising is booked online will still be routed through the company's Ireland offices, which will remain the firm's international headquarters. But a Facebook spokesman tells Bloomberg in an emailed statement that its larger U.K. customers will start receiving invoices from Facebook U.K. instead of Facebook Ireland. That means the revenue will be recorded in the U.K. and thus taxed there. The British Treasury issued a statement welcoming the additional revenue and saying multinationals should pay every penny they owe. The U.K. is famous for its tenacious tax enforcement. Remember when the Beatles were compelled to pay a rate of 95 percent? Morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Tom? That was a revolver moment. It Very was. good. Oh, a revolver moment. <laughs> Thank you. Why clever. Thank you. Mike, pick it up here with our esteemed guest. This is Jobs Day. Well, our esteemed guest is uh, our esteemed Jobs Day co-host, Alan Kruger from Princeton University. We were uh, talking with Robert Gordon of Northwestern in the last block about uh, what a difference uh, an administration can make in the economy. Let's... Uh, Keep it in government. Move down the street a little bit to 20th and uh, C Streets in Washington and ask, uh, uh, at this point, is the Fed still affecting the economy or has the the impact of zero interest rates and QE and the Fed's balance sheet at this point sort of become a neutral factor? I think they're still accommodating the economy. I think it will be a while before monetary policy is in a neutral stance. So – uh, when you say it's a while, then what is the, what is what the Fed is considering, whether they raise interest rates another 25 basis points or 50 basis points this year? Is that going to have an impact? Are we going to notice that? At what point do, do they hinder the economy? Well, I think it'll start to slow the economy when they 
and I assume that they'll continue to raise rates because I expect the recovery is going to continue. Um, the question is at what pace? The reason why I say I think it's accommodative, it'll just be less accommodative going forward, uh, is real rates are still negative. If you look at where we are with inflation, where nominal interest rates are, even if they go up 50 basis points, 75 basis points this year, uh, that's still going to be below the inflation rate. And that still would be supporting investment in the U.S. economy, supporting consumption. Within this and, and to the debate, and I, I'm sure you have a strong opinion on this, how much of a vector on the unemployment rate can be attributed to the White House and to what is becoming a lame duck White House? I was quite taken yesterday by the president and the first lady suggesting they will stay in Washington. I guess we all knew immediately why their youngest daughter's education is a priority, but the vector now, how much can a White House influence that? Well, there's still many things that the administration is engaged in that can influence the economy. Uh, the trade agreements, uh, for example, uh, international policy. Um, I think we made some big steps with the budget, which will provide more uh, certainty going forward and a little bit of a tailwind for the economy. Uh, but if you look at over the sweep of the last seven years, I think there's no question that the Obama administration's policies uh, helped to get us out of the worst recession since the Great Depression. Can I rip up the script? Mike, you do every okay? time I'm here? Yeah. Okay. In I, fact, I, I don't believe you have a script, I, Tom. I don't have a script. Thank you. <laughs> Professor Kruger, I'm watching in our wonderful coverage from Washington, one of the Republican candidates, I want to leave the politics out of this, go after the Affordable Care Act. And without any political angle, I'm saying to myself, how many people in his Republican audience benefited from the Affordable Care Act? How many did? Large numbers. I have to say I watched the 12 debate last or night. like half millions. or like 95 percent of the audience. No question. It was millions. I, I did. Full, disclo full disclosure, Rich Truman, full disclosure, one of my kids got a two-year free ride because of the Affordable Care Act. You know, to hear the claims during the debate that Detroit's not doing well because of the Affordable Care Act is laughable. That struck me as, as a little bit odd. But I, uh, let, let me ask you, uh, during the debate, they argued it was a job-killing uh, piece of legislation, and that was the argument that was put forth in, in the debate over whether to pass it or not. Can we tell uh, what impact it's had on jobs? I mean, there were a lot, there were a lot of stories going into this that – Companies were hiring more part-time workers so they wouldn't become subject to this uh, and converting full-time workers to part-time workers. Can we, can we tell what the impact has been? Well, there's no sign that it has had an adverse effect on employment. If you look in this recovery, and especially since the Affordable Care Act passed, virtually all of the job growth has been in full-time jobs. You know, Mike, the same thing was said of the Social Security Act, that it was going to destroy the U.S. economy. So uh, I think everybody needs to take a deep breath and look at the act in, in full, uh, look at the effect it's had on health care costs, which is probably to slow them down and to accelerate some trends that were taking place before the ACA passed, which uh, were, were, were contributing to slower growth in health care costs. Uh, we should all be proud of the fact that 20 million more people have gained health insurance coverage. Um, and the effect on the economy, job growth, right. is certainly stronger in the last two years than it was in the two years before that. I just put out a photo on Twitter, folks. It's one of the three or four most important photos of the history of Bloomberg surveillance and Bloomberg on the economy. They have Kruger and Gordon uh, with this special. 
What have you learned off of Kruger card, card Kruger, from what, 1994? You were like 17 years old? <laughs> I mean, come on, was it 94? I believe I'm guessing, it was 94. You know, it's sick. I can remember the dates of some of these papers. Kruger card, what have you learned about the minimum wage with the new experiments we're having in Seattle and other places? And Secretary Clinton, I believe, surrounding the $15 statistic. What have you learned recently? Well, I think in the last 20 years since our book uh, came out, and by the way, I'll give a shameless plug, we just uh, published a, a 20th anniversary edition of uh, Myth and Measurement. Trip is your book 800 us. pages like uh, Bob Gordon's? <laughs> Half that. <laughs> Half that. So <laughs> it is an easier beach beach. read. Um, and uh, what's remarkable to me, and I thought this was the case when we wrote our research and our, our book back in the early 90s, that the judgment would be based on what happens subsequently, on what the research subsequently shows. And overwhelmingly, the research has found that moderate increases in the minimum wage do not have a noticeable effect on employment, uh, that moderate increases in the minimum wage tend to boost wages, uh, tend to support consumption, uh, yet don't have an adverse effect on employment, in part because the job market is not as competitive as we like to think. There are frictions in the job market. Bargaining power matters, and the minimum wage sets a norm for what's acceptable wages. Now, I do have some concerns about the minimum wage going too high because even in the non-competitive labor market, you can set the minimum wage above the point uh, where it does more good than harm. And $15, frankly, is beyond the experience that we've had in the U.S. and beyond the experience in almost every other country. So I think that would take us into uncharted mm. waters. But I'm quite comfortable okay. saying that going up to a range like $12 an hour uh, would have more benefits right. for low-wage workers. Professor Kruger, thank you so much for being with us today. Our people are looking at your people. Your entourage, Elaine, she's screaming, get him out of here. Alan Kruger <laughs> is gone. Uh, uh, the former Alan president. Kruger can always say, uh, you know, we'll rip yeah. up the script sometime, and, and he can he can come yeah. back anytime he wants. His yeah. entourage is coming right into the studio to drag him out. It's so rude. He's the former chairman of the President's Council of Economic Advisors. Alan Kruger of Princeton uh, University. Futures up five, down futures up 43. Mickey Levy to join us thrilled with that with Berenberg Capital Markets. Uh, also uh, joining us today, William Gross. Uh, we'll speak to him for Janus Capital with an important note uh, a few days ago. He's on a, banking. He's warning the sun is going to burn out at some Yeah, or, or something like that. Bill Gross will join us after the jobs report. I hope it's not uh, soon. Yeah, well, well, we'll look at that. We begin another hour here and then on to the nine o'clock hour of Bloomberg uh, surveillance. And of course, in 32 minutes, uh, we will do what we do, which is we'll go beneath the headline data to inform you on America's labor economy. Michael McKee and Tom Keene, coast to coast, worldwide Bloomberg surveillance.